I think there's also confusion as far as what branding actually means. Because when people think of brand, they think, oh, I need a logo. No, branding is your freaking voice. It's your message. And that message has to go to a certain audience. And then we hone your message in and your voice becomes amplified. That's freaking branding. Hey, welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan, and I am here with Elizabeth Pampalone. That's correct, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, awesome. Unless you're from New York, like you just said. Bumpa Which is? Me. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> very cool. Very, very cool. I, uh, I'm really excited to talk with you because, uh, one, you're in Florida, which is one of my favorite places, and two, you're from the Midwest, which is where I'm from. And I, I love Chicago. I love the Midwest, you know, except what we were just saying about allergies. It's the only thing I don't like about the Midwest. Good Lord. Man, this year has been disgusting too. You, you, you should be happier in Florida right now. It's still bad here. We've got other issues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't that true everywhere though? Yeah, there's is. issues all you over. You trade off. Yeah, you, you do off. a little bit. You do a little bit. I love your, uh, I, I see your back, because that's not a virtual background you got going on. That's no, great. no, this is real. Yeah. I can touch it. <laughs> that's, you can touch it. Hey, me too. Do you like this? Yeah. I, I see the, the high. What's the, is there a reasoning behind that? Because that kind of jumps out. It's kind of just like being friendly. You know, I just, I just like to be friendly. I'd like to talk to people. And I have been so, so stifled in this corona-ness uh, that we live in and I haven't been able to see people and, and so my my little extrovert is crying inside. <laughs> oh my god yes yes exactly we're gonna unpack that a little bit too because I, I like what you're talking about you know the the stifleness of the of the corona-ness that's the, the corona-ness did you say that or did I yes just, I did I thought you did yeah <laughs> I thought that's like that didn't just come out of my brain right now no, I say stuff like that I make up words just like yeah, you do, it, apparently. Yes. That's what the Midwesterners do. I mean, that's what we, we kind of make it all up, and then it spreads throughout the country. That's is that a Midwest works. thing? Like, for real? <laughs> so, for also, real? Ending, we're ending sentences and prepositions is also a Midwest thing. Oh, it sure is. I hate that, too. I've tried so hard. Most people cannot tell that I'm from Chicago. You know, even like the word that I said, I've worked on it so hard because the rest of my family, they're like family in Chicago, you know, and yeah. everything else, you know, they're just straight up from here. And I've worked really hard. I speak on stage, you know, so I try yeah. to enunciate yeah. my vowels more. I'm not nasally, Absolutely. which is great, but some people can still pick up on it. Very few, but like I wouldn't, so most are, I never would have guessed. Like I can't tell you're from the Midwest. Not yeah, it's, it's, I definitely think that it's a speaker thing. You know, I've, I've been speaking for about uh, about 10 years and you do develop your own like brand of voice. It, it doesn't necessarily yeah, have yeah. to be from anywhere. It's kind of like when the actors and actresses, they would go to the speaking and acting school like in the 40s and 50s and they would come out with this like mid transatlantic accent. It was kind of British, <laughs> but it kind yeah. of wasn't. Yep. And uh, they learned it like they learned it that way. And I think when you speak a lot, you you learn to kind of shed a little bit of that uh, heritage in a way, just yeah. so you can be clear. <laughs> yeah. You know how I first noticed that accent with, when you're talking about this, it would be Brad Pitt. You know, he was definitely one of them that, that just busted that out all the time, all the time. And that, I mean, it's like the same era, right? Him, him and Tom Cruise from way back when, you know, yeah. they both had it going on, but there's a lot more too. I know what you're saying. I've never put my finger on it before, but now I can hear it. Every time I look, you know, George Clooney's another one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What, what, what are some female actors that do that? We're diving into like rabbit holes and I love it too. Cause I like, I know. Well, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, also yes. Julia Roberts, yes. yep. they have that same thing. And, and it's just about shedding the accent. But then when they play a role, that really lets them use their original accent. Yeah. They can really dive into it. Walter Goggins is uh, Goggins is one of my favorite oh, actors and yeah. he is definitely a Georgia boy, like, like really from Georgia. And he doesn't use it in most of his acting, but he was in um, a show called justified and he was, he played a guy from Kentucky, which is really close to where I'm from. And so he, he just embodied that accent so well because from Georgia that it's not much of a leap to kind of go to yeah, that next yeah. level there. Yep. So he did a really good job and he was able to kind of bring back his accent after he said that he had tried so hard to get rid of it for acting. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. So I, I do love the high that you have back there. It's uh, anybody that knows me really, really well that sees me, you know, off camera and everything. I'll just be driving in a car. Someone be like, hi, just out of nowhere. You know, that's why it really caught my attention there. Cause I, I don't know. And one person asked me, it's like, do you not like silence? Like who likes silence? You know, not really, extroverts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if there's, it's not, it's not an uncomfortability. It's just like what you're saying. It's like this, all this energy that's just always there. And it's like, I, I need to communicate with people. I need to converse. I need to do something. I need to have some kind of connection at some pl level, please. You know, just don't sit there in silence. Make me wonder what you're thinking. Because then I'm going to examine it, and then I'm going to make stuff up in my head, and then I'm going to tell you what you, what's in your head, and then you're not going to like me. <laughs> my family got, they made fun of me for oh, years. When I was about seven, we were in the car in traffic, and I looked over, and there's someone in the car next to us, you know, and they're doing their own thing. They're looking at traffic. They're all, you know, mad about it. Yeah. And I said to my mom, I said, um, do you think that they're thinking about me that, that I'm thinking about them? And my family made fun of me for that for years, but it really was like a concern of mine as a, as a seven-year-old to, to think that. <laughs> right on. I like how you think. I do. You know what else is really cool is that you're female and you're a business owner. You know, you're, you're in business and that's, that's so cool. I want to dive into that too and how that happened. You know, because I, I love, 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 love women in business, especially because of the field that I'm in, like my day job, if you want to call it that, which is IT, cybersecurity. It's a bunch of dudes, you know, so when there's a, especially an extroverted female that comes around, it's so freaking awesome. And I think there should be more of that demographic that's really in every industry, you know, because I, I don't know, I, I just think it's like an empowerment thing. And for a male dominated industry, you know, it's, it can be kind of intimidating a little bit and the dudes don't make it easy they, they just don't which is really really sad you know because i'd rather have the mix and even growing up you know i i I'm very happily married now for 19 years almost this year and congratulations thank you thank you i know i don't look like i'm 40 do i <laughs> <laughs> yay i uh but i always had friends that were that were girls when, growing up through teenage years and everything else, just because it, it was so much easier. You know, the whole thing, you know, and this is like so childish and so juvenile, this phrase is that, well, women talk a lot more. I'm like, heck yeah, great. I like to talk too. You know, why would you want to just sit there and talk? I can't talk about sport. I love sports, played sports for nine years. I was a baseball player, played soccer for four years. I can't talk about them all day, every day. There's a lot more things in life that are very, very meaningful. And I feel that women can really grasp onto that a lot more than what men can. So when I find you being in business, I just want to jump up for joy. I know exactly. Yep. So let's take you back. Cause I mean, you've got a lot of stuff. I mean, of course I've got your bio here, but how did you get into business to begin with? That's really where I'd love to start. You know, what's that? So I'm going to go tackle all these dudes that are out there. 
Well, it actually started 20 years ago. Fun. And I went to a class at a library at the age of 14, and I took an HTML class. Hey. I, my parents were like, you know, you need to learn a language and all this stuff. And I was like, how about this language? <laughs> they might have been thinking <laughs> Spanish or something. Yeah. They French. were. They yeah. were. Uh, and I ended up learning French, which I'm, I'm horrible at. But <laughs> yeah. they, they said, okay, you need to learn a language. And I, I picked yeah. a technical language. And I'm sitting there. I'm 14 years old. I'm in this library, and it's a free library class. The one yeah. of the librarians was teaching it. And the people around me are all business owners, IT people. And this is 2000, okay? So we Probably are- mostly dudes too. Infancy, yes, it was. Yeah. Infancy of the internet in, in that essence. Yep. And it's, like I said, some business owners who were there to like, you gotta use this for a darn website, you know, whatever. And and they were just all frustrated. Like they were just sitting there like, tur, 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 you know, and I'm sitting there going, no guys, this is so cool. Like we're making something from nothing. Don't yeah. you understand? You know, and I saw the possibilities of it at that age. And I, I waited until everybody left. And there was that, you know, the table of books that the librarians put out like, oh, look, here's all the stuff we have in our library about the yes. subject. I waited until everybody left because I thought I'm a kid. They're adults. They might need this more than me. Everybody just left. It was eight o'clock at night. They were like, we got to get out of here. We got to get home. And I just went up to the table and I just pulled all the books into my bag and I took every single one of them home and I read every single one because to me, being able to create something from nothing was yeah. so fascinating. And to have something in your mind that is like a language that you could speak yeah. Yeah. and to create something that was never there before that had moving parts and photos and colors and it just, it was fascinating. And so from then on, every time the library system that I was a part of it in my um, hometown Every time they got a new book on HTML, whatever, I just scooped it up and read every bit of it. Yeah. And then I told my parents, I'm going to college for this. And they're like, yeah, can you make money at that? You know, <laughs> this is, is one, maybe a nurse or something. It could be a school teacher. And um, can you make I money? said, no, I'm doing this. And, you know, I took home one of those books that said, like, what's the salary? You know, like, can yeah. you really make money? And they were like, okay, okay, I guess you can do it. And I did that. <laughs> um, and I got a degree. And then I got married. And I was working in a an office doing sort of HTML, some VB, you know, just different language yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then my husband, after three months, uh, my first husband, he, he left. He, we got wow. a divorce and I was 20 years old. I lost everything. I lost all my money. I lost my home. I lost everything. Yeah. And Why did you take off. Uh, he found a girlfriend after three weeks that I didn't know about. <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> so, dude. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. apparently, <laughs> Which he's still married to, by the way. So I, I wish him good luck. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, that's good that you yeah, can actually, like send good vibes his way and everything. Oh yeah, still, yeah. He's yeah. I'm. I if I ever saw him, I probably would. You know, you know, have a few choice words for him. But sure, of course. <laughs> but that was like um, that was about 13 years ago, and wow. I I my parents were moving to Florida from Ohio, and I had to move back in with them, and I I liken it to being the big Alice in Wonderland in the little house, you know, when she grows really big oh, and yeah. her arms are yep. sticking out the windows. <laughs> I felt like I was like in this constrictive place of my life. Yeah. And my mom said to me, you know, you have to find a job. You need to support yourself. We want you to be out. We don't want you to live with us forever. And I, I tried, I was overqualified for certain things because I had a degree. I was underqualified for everything else because I didn't have any certifications, but I knew that's not what I wanted. Yeah. I didn't want to go deeper into IT and, and go into the, you know, another cubicle that was, that was going to stifle me even more and make me feel yeah, even more constricted. Yeah. 
So I had IT knowledge, but I didn't have enough or, you know, too much or enough. So my mom said to me, you just need to go pick two things that you like and just put them together and make yourself a job because you're like unemployable. <laughs> and thanks mom. I said, yeah, I, I was like, okay, well, how am I supposed to just make a job? And she said, well, pick two things you like. So I said, well, I like old people and I like computers. Hey. So in Florida, there's a lot of old people and yep. it, there was a ton of senior centers around where we lived. And so I just started calling them literally cold calling. Do you have a computer lab? Do you have a computer teacher? Do you do com computer classes? Do you want computer classes? Yeah. And one of them picked me up. Another one picked me up. I started teaching two or three days a week. I was only getting paid like $15 an hour, but I thought, oh my gosh, I'm making more money than I've ever made. Yeah, for sure. And the people in the classes, they would have desktops at home printers, you know, all the TVs, all these things that couldn't work. And they say, well, could you come to my house and fix the, da, 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 you know, whatever. And I thought, you know, as 20 year old, you know, I'm, I'm invincible. Nothing's going to happen to me. It should be fine. And, and you know, they're old. I can outrun them. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I would go to these homes just straight up. I mean, I just had no, no fear about it. And I yeah. would charge $35 an hour, $45 an hour. And I had that business for 10 years. Wow. 10 years. And the more that I started to do, I, I started to kind of miss being like working on websites and stuff like that. So I built my own and yeah. I had my own marketing and I was doing really well with all of that. Cause I was, my business was growing and I was hiring people to help me in the field. And then I started meeting more business owners. I started teaching um, at colleges. I started teaching community education and I started meeting more people that were not as old and had businesses and were in the networking world. And they showed me networking and I was like, oh my gosh, where have all these people been? Because I figured, like, I didn't have a business. I was just yeah, working. Yeah. I didn't think of it as a business. So from there, I, I started doing more business stuff and I started realizing that all the stuff I had done for myself in marketing to make myself successful in this one business, I could actually share with other people and help them with their businesses and kind of go back to my roots of, you know, web design and having this degree and all these things that I actually oh, know how to awesome. do and learn. Yeah. So... I transitioned over and I'm my second husband that we had gotten married and um, he wanted to quit his job. He was tired of it. So he actually came to work for me and he did all of the house calls um, that, you know, that I was doing so that I could yeah. go out and network and find more business clients. And we both worked together like that for like three, three years during the, uh, the end of the recession. That's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. So what's the, so you're saying finding more business clients, what are you doing right now? Cause I see you have your business is right. Uh, is it, is it called a connected brand? No. So I do something called absolute marketing. I developed something oh. called absolute marketing and I talk about the five pillars of marketing. And oh, cool. Yay. When I work with a client, um, we spend five days together and we create an entire year's worth of marketing content, including creating a connected brand on day one. We write an ebook also that day and do their logo and everything. Nice. The second day we build an entire website from start to finish. Third day we do 12 months of email or 12 months of social media. Fourth day is 12 months of blogging and fifth day is 12 months of email marketing. And this is not just a plan. This Holy is implementation. Moly. Wow. <laughs> How the heck does that happen in five days? I developed a system that I was using on myself because I didn't have time to run my businesses and yeah. do all the marketing at the same time. So I developed these formulas that helped me create, like if I needed to spin up a website really fast, I could do it in a day. Nice. Um, and I was running multiple businesses at a time and I had other little businesses that I didn't mention, but you know, they were there, little things running simultaneously. And yeah. if I needed something, yeah. I would just spend it, take a day off, spend it working on 
one piece, the brand, the website, and within a five-day period, I could have everything done, including a year's worth of social media, a year's worth of blogging, and a year's worth of email marketing. Um, and so now I just do that with my clients. And I also use the same system on myself. I'm kind of like the hair club for men guy. Like I also use the system. <laughs> I'm also a client, not right. only the president. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. My mind is blown though, because that's where a lot of people will get stuck, especially in the marketing is the actual implementation of it. You know, and typically, you know, I have some larger brands, but it takes a freaking team to do what I do. You know, and when you're talking a smaller business or like a you know, mom and pop kind of place or just somebody starting out, having that done for you right away is that gets you light years ahead. That's amazing. We had a client that um, they were in a franchise and they were leaving their franchise and they, they didn't have a non-compete. So they were going to still do the same thing but they yeah. didn't have a logo. They didn't have a color scheme. They didn't have any of that. No, they didn't have any uh, website, obviously, because it was provided before. They didn't have their pricing structure. So we sat together for five straight days. It's just a one-week process. Yeah. And we got everything done for them. And now I drove by their place today. They have their sign up on their building, which is their new logo. And they have oh, everything switched over. It's so awesome. So when are you scaling this nationwide? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I do this now. I do this yeah. internationally now. <laughs> That's awesome. Really, really cool. I was thinking you're driving by locally. So I'm sure you work with a lot of local people. I too, do. I do is... work with a lot of local people for sure. Yeah. Um, that was a specific case that we did yeah. the five day. But but yeah, I definitely do it for, for a lot of people all over the place. That's cool. So you've got the implementation now. What happens after the year? You know, because uh, here, here's another like hold up typically with marketing. You know, especially when it comes to like direct response or as social media, anything is someone will be like, yeah, I, I made a post. I didn't get any business off the post. Uh, it's like, it's one friggin' post, you know, that, that, that's it. Or it's one flyer that you sent out one box. That's it. And like, but I sent it to 10,000 people. I know, but you just did it one time. That's it. All 10,000 yeah. of those people just got it one time. You ran some social ad, ad, not ads. Right. Ad, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, like, ah, oh, digital marketing doesn't work. Are you kidding me? You ran one ad. That's, well, that's it. why the, the 12 month thing, you know, that's why we, when we do a brand, we just need one. When we do a yeah. website, we just need one. But when you do social media and blogging and email marketing, you have to have a consistency there. Mm, and there that's go. where these plans, you know, come, they come out of the woodwork and they're like, Oh, you'll, you will help you create, we'll tell you how to create six months in one day. Yeah, sure. But I need you to implement it for me because if you don't implement yeah, that, then yeah. the consistency just falls off the wagon after two to three weeks. So we, we will sit down and create the plan first, then actually implement it all in the same day so that the other, the person who we're working with, they're sitting there with us. It's not like we're sitting there by ourselves doing this. That's awesome. We're doing it with them so that they're learning the process. It's not yeah. rocket science. It's not something, yep. you know, you've never heard of, but it's just that the process is kind of being in like in their minds, like being in exception yep. in their minds yep. so that when they are doing something later on, they've had this experience of, I know how hard that was one. Um, I know that it was, it's going to work. And two, I know that now it's kind of part of my thinking. It's part of my lifestyle that when I go to post something, it has to be consistent or I now feel the whole reason for the, the underlying social media is that they can feel creative because they're not sitting there going, what do I post on social media? What do I post on social yeah, media? What do yeah, I post? Right and they're not beating yep. their head against that wall all the yeah. time. So we're trying to give them this underlying current that's just there all the time that is consistent for them that they don't have to think about. And if something comes up, oh my gosh, I got to tell you guys this, blah, blah, blah. And they can post it and then they don't have to feel bad that they didn't post yesterday because they did. 
And it's more about the um, awareness factor as well. And so I tell people, this is not an ROI game where you're going to sit there and go, well, that post made me $2,000 and that post made me $1,000. You're going to actually have somebody say, you seem to be everywhere. And that's the answer we want to hear. (laughs) And that's what's going to convince that person to tell you, one, I see you everywhere. And two, what are you doing that I need? How can I be involved in this? Um, A friend told me about you, whatever that is. And that's what leads to those actual sales. That's beautiful. You know, I'm curious because, I mean, we've talked about the done for you and the implementation, the consistency. But in your plan, you know, not diving into all the details, of course, but where where do you feel is the most difficult part for your clients to go through? Because I'm sure this will transcend to all of our listeners here because marketing, you know, there's several difficult points to it. One is the consistency like we've talked about, but when it comes to the content, you know, maybe it's even like a mind block or something like that. Where do you see that, mo- that you have to handhold the most? What step of that? The branding. Yeah. Honestly, it's the branding because it's so hard even for ourselves. Like I have people that I go to when I'm creating something new. I have people that I reach out to when yeah, I yeah. get that same block. And so when they reach out to, to us and we're able to sit with them and go through branding, it's more about us looking at it from this outside perspective going, okay, um, who are you serving again? Wait, yes. what are you telling them? You know, <laughs> and so giving those questioning yeah, looks, those yeah. questioning like, you know, why, why is this? Why is that? Um, are you sure that's your target? And really helping them to narrow that down so that all the other days are like dominoes. They just fall right into place. But if yeah. that brand is not on point and it's not connecting to the audience it needs to connect to, it's, it's going to be a mess and you're going to feel so scattered. And then you just don't even know where to start. For sure. You know, I think there's also confusion, at least what I've heard anyways, as far as what branding actually means. Because when people think of brand, they think, oh, I need a logo. No, branding (laughs) is your freaking voice. It's your message. You know, and that message has to go to a certain audience, you know, because the, the people over there aren't going to hear the same thing that the people on the other side are going to hear either. So who's your target? You know, and then we hone your message in and your voice becomes amplified. That's freaking branding. And that's, you know, color schemes can go with it because you don't want to be like a, I don't know, you don't want to be like a, like a therapist or something like that and have like big, bold red colors come across because it raises people's (laughs) blood pressure. Literally, it's proven, you know, (laughs) you don't want to be like this calming therapist to get people through a crisis and you've got like big red, bold logos coming out at them. You know, so yeah, it's part of it, but that's, it's not that people just say, oh, branding, I need a logo and then I'm good. You know, then I've got my brand. No, actually your brand is more so you, period. Exactly. And, and I actually have a lot of people that come to us who've gone to like the, the website that just says like, here's a million logos, pick one, you know, and then you pick one and they customize (laughs) it. (laughs) And it's like, no, that honey, that's not branding. Um, but But at the same time, you know, when you're looking at branding, we need to also be thinking of something as iconic as Apple and Nike. We need to be thinking of longevity. We need to be thinking that, you know, you're, I always plan with the end in mind. Is this something I'm going to sell? I'm not going to put my name on it. Is it something I'm just going to do for me and it's going to serve me and my family and maybe a second generation possibly, then I'm going to put my name on it. So it really depends on all of those factors. And that's some of those questions we ask. And, and another piece of the branding is who are, who are you, which is that why, 
Yeah. What do you do? Like, what is it actually that you're doing? And who are you sharing this with? Like, who is it for? Who are you sharing it with? And those three questions, if those can all be answered, then then you have your brand. The colors, like you said, are kind of secondary, but important, but secondary because color does have psychology and so do fonts. But if you can make those first three choices, which a lot of people can't, that's the hardest thing. Even I have trouble with that sometimes with my own brands for me, because I can't see it outside of my Which is why you need help. I think that's key too, because you do need external influence with something like that. Because I've found a lot that, you know, my team and people that I work with are able to help extract things out of me that I never would have been able to tap on my own, you know, and they'll help me think about things. And even sometimes I've got good people that will challenge me on something just for the sake of proving to me, myself proving to me that I actually believe in the stuff that's coming out of my mouth in the first place. You, know, you have to have those people to lean on, especially when it comes to a brand. Because you know, if there's inconsistency, we talked about consistency in marketing, you know, branding is a part of that. But if there's inconsistency in your brand, your message, your message gets diluted. It gets confused. And then people don't know what, what to think of you or who you are. And that can go back to why people feel frustrated and why am I not selling? Why are things yeah. not working? And it, and they look at their marketing and they go, oh, it's my social posts. Maybe I'm yeah. not connecting yeah. there. Oh, it's my website. Maybe. And really it's mostly 90% of the time I find it's the root is the brand. There's yeah. not the message. Yeah. There's not the visual yeah. that goes with the message. And then everything, like I said, is that domino effect. So if you can get that one piece right, even if you just said, you know what, all I can afford is a brand and then DIY the rest of it, that's the best. Because if you can get that piece right, everything else will just fall into place. For sure. I mean, even on the message, if you're telling one crowd, hey, don't do this. And then you're telling the other crowd, do this, even though it's the same thing, it's just even the positive versus the, the negative statement is something that can be confusing. You know, an example would be like you were saying the logo site, you know, if it was in your brand to where it's all negative, you know, which is some people's brand and it works well for them. You know, you'd be like, don't go to a site and pick out a logo, you know, versus the other one, which might resonate more with you or your audience, depending on who you chose is just giving them the things they should do versus the things they shouldn't do. The message has to be consistent, even in, in that small of detail. Absolutely. I totally agree. Wow. I like this. This is fun. So let's head back real quick because you said you were divorced at the age of 20. You Mm -hmm. lost everything at that point in time. Is that just because of the divorce? Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, with everything that happened with that, um, I didn't really have a lot of money on my own because it was all marital assets and stuff, equity. Um, And he didn't really have a lot either. And so it was kind of like we pulled together and it was great. But when we were separated out and everything had to be split up, it it was just like, uh, you can pay for your lawyer and that's about all you get. You know, like it was very like, and it wasn't about the money though. It was just about, you know, losing that dream. Like I felt like I had dreamed of that my whole life. I had been kind of brought up that, you know, my parents had a lot of kids and I wanted to follow in that footstep, those footsteps. And, you know, I, and it didn't work that way for me. And I kind of felt like the life I had planned was just the rug was pulled out from under that plan. And I really was angry and I didn't know why that happened. And I blamed myself a lot. And I had some people come into my life at, at that point and they really poured into me that, you know, my value and things like that. And, and it really did bring me farther than even kind of like getting back to where I was. Like, I feel like I even grew further than that because even though I did kind of come back to myself and I, I kind of got over it in a way and I moved past it. Yeah. I also grew a little bit in, in the fact that I felt confident in doing things. That's why when I started that like business that lasted 10 years, I, I, I didn't even know where that all came from. It was kind of 
in me that I had this confidence. And I feel like that kind of came from going through the divorce. And if I hadn't gone through all that, I would have just been the same meek, you know, homeschooled girl that just has yeah. a job at working as a hostess at some restaurant, you know, like it would have just been much different if I hadn't gone through all of that and really pushed myself and, and had those people pour into me that you're valuable, you have value and you need to receive back that, that value from others instead of letting people like this person kind of take advantage of your value and yeah, not yeah. give you something back. And so that translated into me using that in business kind of subconsciously. That's pretty awesome. You know, especially because you're a woman in this, you know, and it, it can, I understand there's a lot of emotions that are involved, you know, and I, I mean, I'm putting it in understatement. Dudes feel them too, but for, from a perspective of a female, you know, you almost tend to, and it's sad because I see this a lot, like you do blame yourselves, you know, yeah. and it's, it's like men, I feel we're put on this earth to lift up women. I mean, I'm just gonna, that's just how it is. And any person that's listening that doesn't think that you can suck it. Okay. Cause that's just, <laughs> that's, that's just how it is, you know? And it's, yeah. it's not that women are not strong. It's not that women cannot be independent or anything like that, but I feel that men are really there to just honor women. You know, so in that aspect, when you go through something like you went through, it's like all of that, almost like those natural principles are kind of stripped away. Yeah. And it's like, where, where is my value? You know, because if that's what I fell into and that's what I thought I was going to have my whole life to where I'd have my, my, my partner, you know, not, mm-hmm. it, my, not just my husband, but also really my partner, the dude, my best friend that I'm going to be walking with. And now that person's not there anymore. What does that say about me? Where did I mess up? You know, exactly. And I've seen a lot- and that- that is definitely exactly what, what happened during that time. And when I met my, my, my now current husband, my second husband, yeah. um, you know, and I don't even think of it in those terms, really. Like it's like a first one, second one, like it doesn't even, it's just, he's just my husband. I, I married him. Um, but when I met him, he was, I, I had already had this experience and I, yeah. I was looking for that person that was going to see me as a business owner. Cause I already had my business. Who's going to see yep. me as this strong, independent person and be able to handle that because a lot of the men that I dated or kind of knew during that time period in between, no, nobody was really able to handle what I was like dishing out. Yeah, right <laughs> on. so strong I'm, at that I'm point. And, and he came along and he was just like, you are really cool. And I yeah. think it's amazing what you're doing. So it kind of fed back into, like you said, that lifting up. So it was really, it really did work out that way for me. Here, here's a secret for you, right? most men are not secure enough to have a woman shine in their life. Yeah. It's just as simple as that because it's a, call it like a a macho thing or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you want to call it. You know, I think it's more manly and more secure to have an amazing strong woman by your side and just be happy in her successes too. You know, now men need that. It's like something deep inside of us, you know, to where we, we, it's like born in us to where we feel like we have to provide and, and do all this other stuff, you know, but when a woman rises up and says, you know, and I think I'm going to go after something on my own, you know, I'm like, awesome. What can I do for you? How can I help? Can I, you know, put, I mean, this is the way I am with my wife. What can I invest in it? You know, what, what, yeah. what, what can I, what resources of mine can I use to help you with this? You know, versus the insecurities and dude, it's dudes who are listening. It's okay. It's perfectly okay for the woman that you're with to want to have an identity of their own. Actually, I would encourage it because it, it just makes them stronger. And you two together can accomplish so much more when you have separate identities rather than just the identity of each other in each other. You know, that's what I appreciate about you. It sucks that you had to go through a divorce to get to that point, you know, it, but that's the fire. 
You know, I'm so pumped. I'm, it does suck you had to go through it, but just hearing your story, I'm actually very grateful for you that you went through it. You know, and I'm sure looking back now, you might feel the same. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. I don't know. No, I, I do feel the same. And I, I think that, you know, having, being with my husband now, we've been, to, we've been married for almost 10 years. And, you know, that, that time has also really been interesting because we did work together for a long time. We were, yeah. we worked in my business. Like I was the boss. For you, and right? Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. I mean, that was like two or three years into marriage and yeah. we were even still getting our feet wet with that. And I was like, <laughs> you know, we had to have this like power struggle and it yeah. was daily sometimes. And we had a lot of fights about it and fights about money. And, and it wasn't like marriage breaking. It was like, the marriage breaking down so it could be stronger, you know, like those little yeah, chinks that yeah. make that, that armor like so, so, so tough because new, new growth comes back in there. And so, um, we, we really kind of stuck that out and I'm, I know that we would, but it just has that really interesting, like to look back at it and go, wow, that, that was really, really difficult. And I tell people now that we worked together for many years and you know, he was working yeah, for me and yeah. all this stuff. And I tell that story and people are like, Oh my gosh, I could never do that. And I don't think that some people really could handle it because it was really intense, but for us, it kind of, it just made us realize how strong we of a marriage we did have. And then later when other challenges came after that, we were able to weather those storms as they came through because there, there was already this really strong bond that we kind of forged on purpose rather than it being all trial, trial, trial. We put ourselves in that position and said, we're going to work this out. We're going to figure this out so that we can work together and be, like you said, stronger together. Yeah. Um, and then it did help us later on when we had other challenges. So. That's fantastic. Did you think that this show was going to go any way in this direction today? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I have been on so many podcasts. I mean, this is probably like what number 100 or something um, that I just love the conversations. I like right to just on. take it whatever direction. We talk about movie stars. We talk about my marriage. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I love hearing your story. It's amazing. You know, I feel like, a, like I need to like be fair to you and have you ask me a question or something like that. Cause I'm like prying away parts of your life and everything. But, well, uh, I'm an extrovert. Remember I love talking. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's beautiful. I love that. That's so cool. What does the next 10 years look like for you? Cause I mean, you've got like 10 in the past now that it's like, uh, you know, that was interesting, you know, and it's going pretty, pretty good. What's, what's something that you're looking forward to? Because uh, people like you and I, we always have like an end goal that's in mind, or at least we can see that far out, you know? And, it, but you know, generally speaking, I, I, I don't like asking that question. I feel like you have a good answer though. I don't like asking that question because I don't think that anybody really should have everything set in stone. You know, and at least as far as how to get there, you may have a destination, but the, but the path will change along the way because stuff in life is going to hit you or some more cool things are going to come along the way that you'll have to just dive into because you feel like you're going to miss out if you don't do that right now. And even if you do that, even if you like shift trajectories for a season, the end destination doesn't really have to change. You know, it's a, I'm sure you've thought about this. You know, you've gone through a lot being so young. Where do you see things going for you in 10 years? That is a good question. And I actually, since the, since the divorce and since all that happened to me, I never plan that far ahead anymore. And I always oh, have a goal. Awesome. And so right yep. now I have about six different goals that I'm working on and they will happen at various stages. You know, one might happen in six months. One might happen in three days. One might, I mean, it yeah. is like literally these major goals that are happening all at once. And um, one of them is, you know, we, we do want a family and we've been trying for that for many years. And so we are 
finally getting somewhere with that and I'm so excited. So hopefully soon you'll see, you know, me posting about that at some point. Um, that's awesome. our goal. Um, but the other pieces are, you know, that's more of a personal goal, but then the other things are my business has been so much in person and with all this other COVIDness that's going on, I've had to switch things up. And even though I'm an online marketer, I've yeah. done a lot in person. And so I'm working on some things for more online based stuff that I can help more people in other, in more places. I'm still doing podcasts, which I love. I have a podcast, which I restarted this year. It's in season two. We've had almost 500 downloads already. And I'm like, so pumped about that. That's we're, awesome. We're having um, Mike McCallowitz come on in a couple of weeks. That's really exciting. cool. Yay. Um, and so I've got that going. Um, I have a, I have three businesses right now. And my main thing, I think my most thing I'm most excited about is international speaking. Like I've been doing so much speaking in general, but I want to do more of that. I want to yeah, share yeah. what I have with people who can really use it and really take it and run with it and use it in their businesses and use it to be successful. So um, I want to share what I have with more people. And that's really my goal right now is to get on more stages so that I can just give away that information. I don't want it to be like hidden under a bushel anymore. You know, I want it to be something that's not just here in Elizabeth and Jacksonville, Florida or in the yeah. surrounding counties. You know? Yep. Yep. Dude, there's so much of a need for us to speak too. And this is one thing I've noticed about me because you come up with a great idea, right? Something that really drives you forward. This is a secret for everybody who's listening too, because one of the reasons I know that you and I speak all the time and talk about what we believe in all that, because it actually helps us. The more that we hear it, it helps us get it more into our core too. It's like, well, this is the way that I know I should be. And this I always know is the last step in learning is teaching. So when you learn something or when you create something and you start putting it in front of you and actually put, making it tangible, putting on a piece of paper, something like that, it's still only with you. But really where it starts to sink into you is where you start to share it with everybody else. You know, and that's a secret. So, I mean, if anyone's struggling with anything right now, you know, and you come up with it, maybe it's from Tony Robbins or some other guru that's out there, right? They're like, man, that really resonates with me. Go and share it with a hundred people because then it's going to get more ingrained inside of you. And that's the only reason, I mean, that's a secret of ours. Would you agree? I, I do agree. And I did this with Profit First because Mike McAuliffe is kind of a hero of mine. Yeah. And he wrote Profit First and a bunch of other books. Um, and when I read that book, I, I literally stopped reading halfway and started implementing it. And that was a bad idea because you need to read the whole book. But um, <laughs> I had to start over. Uh, but when I did that. With the 35% away, now what do I do with it? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when I did that, I was like, this, th I have to share this with every single person I meet. Like I literally, because yeah. it changed my life so much and it changed my business. I actually used it, the same concepts in my personal life, even though nice. I grew up with similar concepts in, in about money. Yeah, it just yeah. changed my whole perspective. And I will actually tell you, I actually have about 12 copies of this that I buy. Awesome. I buy them on Amazon. I buy them online. And I, they're in plastic. And I literally, if someone says to me, hey, I can't afford you. I, you know, I wish I could work with you. I, I'm like, take this home, read it, and come back to me in three months. And they do because That's this fantastic. system works. So when, yeah, I, when you find yeah. something like that. You, you have to tell people and, and you and doing that, like you said, made me do it more because then when someone would say, Oh, well, do you use it? I had to say yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> fall off the wagon. I'm not just giving you a book to give you a book. Right. That's awesome. I love that. 
Uh, that's cool. I, I love that you don't have the plan 10 years from now too. You know, I, th I thought I was kind of hoping you would go that way. You know, I'm sort of leading you that way. Cause I don't know. I mean, there's stuff that, that I see for myself 10 years from now, but I, I don't exactly know when it's going to come to fruition, you know, and I don't exactly care either, you know, cause it's just, I'm here right now. I know what's in front of me. I have a destination that I'm headed in life and I know whatever happens in the meantime, whatever comes at me, I'm going to crush it. Because I'm just, for starters, I'm serving other people with what I'm doing, you know, and I know you are too. And that's how I know that I'm always going in the right direction. And I've got this second motto. I don't know if you looked up much about me, but it's like, just say yes. You know, anything that ever comes across your plate, as long as there's no moral or ethical gut check, just do it. Come on, just get into it because it's going to give you experience. It's going to give you exposure to something brand new that you maybe have never done before. I did stand-up comedy on Broadway in January. I'm not a comic. It's freaking awesome. That's awesome. That is yeah. so awesome. So I, I don't know. I'll connect you with the person that did that too. Yeah, I let I, I me know. I, actually, do it. I wanted to do that when I was 20. <laughs> really? That's fun. So who's yeah. some of your favorite stand-up? Um, well, I love Liza Schlesinger. She's oh, yeah. hilarious. She's one of my <laughs> favorites. Um, and Ben uh, Ben Glebe is hilarious. And there's another Ben that I like to watch. I can't remember his last name. But yeah, so I, I pick some really kind of off-the-wall ones. I, I go on Amazon. I just like scroll yeah. through all the specials. <laughs> That's all the content now that's really new, like on Amazon. It's like they saved all their comedy specials for COVID, you know? Yeah. Which, which actually isn't a bad thing, I don't think. You know, at least give some people some humor or something like that. Because there's, yeah. there's not a lot of new shows coming out right now because the studios have been shut down. I know, I know. And that's something that I actually try to bring to my speaking because yeah. I have seen too many horrible speakers. Oh, And my I've God. sat in rooms where people yes. are just dying in their chairs and yep. you're like, somebody save them, you know, somebody rescue, right you know, give them these, uh, like the shock to the heart or something because yep. they're all dying here. And I, I try to use, you know, when I'm speaking on stage, I'm, I'm talking about marketing. I mean, it's not even like that fancy of a subject. It's not thrilling. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm doing, telling stories. I'm doing facial expressions. I'm, I'm, you know, using my body language and making jokes and doing things yeah. like that. And so if I don't get people to laugh at least two or three times during a, a 30 minute to an hour talk, then I have not done my job because <laughs> it has to be yeah. fun. It has to be engaging and they have to remember the 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 concepts in some kind of funny way and so yeah. whether you're using a song or you're using you know that's how people learn is when they're engaged and they're not falling asleep in their chairs i actually had a guy in my one of my last classes that i did i was talking about marketing and i did my normal opening and i was going to do some live um website audits later on yeah yeah that's kind of my big finish you know um and so i was like talking about all the different concepts and stuff and he is sitting there in a room of like 12 people because of covid um he's sitting there falling asleep and i was like oh my gosh this is not happening this isn't no and so i said guess what i said this is all boring i know why don't we just dive into some audits and i said sir why don't we look at your site first and he's like what 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 and we just dove right into his site and, and he was, yeah, my site's great. My site's fine. And so I did my little exercise that I do with them. And he was just, his jaw was on the floor. He was like, my site is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so just like using things like that to, yeah. and everybody was laughing and I kept it light and it wasn't about like bashing that one guy, but I just wanted to make sure that he was staying engaged. And if I had to switch up my plan mid midstream, that's what I had to do. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I, you know, on that note too, because where can everybody find you? Because I want p people to come your direction. This is fantastic. Even if it's just for a free book, I think everybody should read that book too. It changed my <laughs> life in a lot of ways. 
you know, it, just being able to un- understand expenses and, it, you know, if you, there's a point to where you need to reinvest in your business, you know, to where as an owner, you take less, but generally speaking, which is what profit first is about is everything goes off to the side because if you're not paying yourself, there's no way that you can have a great enough business for everybody else that might end up working for you at some point in time. In the time that we did this, the first year that we did this, um, and I can tell you right now, if, if we had not done this prior to COVID, we would not be here yeah. after COVID. I bet. Um, but the year that we did this, we had an increase of almost, it was about 30 to 40%. I don't remember the exact number, but it was about 30 to 40% just in revenue. Awesome. And it was because we were paying ourselves and we were actually feeling like we were valued in our own company, which was yeah. a huge thing that we were, we were valuing ourselves by charging the right amount, but we weren't valuing ourselves when it came to actually getting a paycheck, you know, every week or every yeah, month. So yeah. um, that was a huge shift. And that that's just, I mean, if you even get that one concept from the book, that was worth every penny of 11, $12. That this yeah, book there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's why I give it away so often because it's almost like a, a calling card to just to come back, you know, that's because cool. when you do figure this out, it's like, oh yeah, come back and see her. Yeah, right um, my website is beyondthecause.co and we work with small businesses and nonprofits and help them create five days uh well a year's worth of marketing in five days and really it's what i call like to call it the five days to freedom because it really does free up that time so you can do all those other things you have to do do you work a lot with nonprofits versus for-profit um it's about split i do about you know 50 50 um the, the nonprofits we can work really well with because we do a lot of the implementation for them and yeah. we are able to do it on a percentage basis. So with, oh, wow. with businesses, it's harder to say, Hey, give me 4% of your revenue. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> but sure. With a nonprofit, they're already budgeting that way. And so they look at 4% and they're like, Oh my gosh, all of my marketing can be done for 4%. And so they, yeah. they see it in a different light. And so I've really had a lot of success helping nonprofits to get better fund, get more fundraising money coming in, having recurring fundraising coming in yeah, like recurring yeah. amounts. So that kind of stuff, we really are good about strategizing in those areas and getting the email marketing out and doing the, the blogging and the, the um, social. And again, we do it in the five days, but it just gives them so much more than if the director has to do all of that and do the outreach and do the yeah, distribution yeah. and do all the other things. So we really try to take that off their plate. And it's, it's, we can work with a nonprofits of any size because of the way we've structured the pricing. That's really awesome. That's really cool. That's an, that's an interesting approach too, rather than saying, Hey, it's X amount of dollars for this line item or that line item. The done for you is huge. That's what everybody needs regardless. Awesome. Yeah. So there, there's your website. That's cool. Are you writing a book? Did you write a book? I'm in the process. Yeah. And I am This isn't in your also... bio. It just seems like you need to have one. <laughs> I, I am. I am writing um, a book and also a workbook as well, because I believe that you know, like with something like Profit First, the reason I like this book so much is because I felt like it wasn't just another book telling me to do something, that I actually yeah. could read it and do something. So I want, I want anything that I write to be that way as well. And um, I'm, I'm working on that right now. So yeah, I'm in process. Okay. What's it about? It's going to be on Absolute Marketing. Um, it is. And it's going to be the five days to freedom. Yeah. This is cool. I'm going to try to shift your, your, your focus here a little bit. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think that your story is extremely powerful. 
and oh, your divorce you. and everything else, you know. So when it comes to to marketing, I mean, I think your story could be your marketing. You know, I, I mean, you're the expert at this. You really are. But your story needs to be told. You know, I mean, I realize that you're telling it on podcasts and everything else, you know, but that, that's probably even our one thing for today. You know, usually I ask you, but that's it is that your story, you, you do tell it. You do tell it on podcasts and everything else. But if there's anything that that's really that would make an amazing, amazing book for you. Everyone's well, thank you. I, I'm actually working on a project right now with a, with a couple of other collaborators and we're all telling uh, snippets of our stories and it's going to be in a compilation yeah. book. So I'm, I'm kind of dipping into that a little bit. I'm, I'm dipping my toe in that water a little yeah. um, with, with that compilation. And, and then hopefully I can formulate this story more because, you know, I've, I've condensed it so much, you know, I mean, it was a, yeah. it was a two to three year period of my life. And yeah. I've condensed it down to these like five to six sentences that I can say. And yeah. so now I have to kind of unpack it again, if that makes sense. So yeah. I've yeah. been, I do have a, actually a, a binder over here uh, that has like this many notes in it of me trying to kind of figure that out and unpacking it. So it's, yeah. it's kind of in process, but it's more of an adornment process at the moment. <laughs> but cool. I appreciate I you telling me that and oh, yeah. like kind of pouring that back into me. I appreciate it. Your overall theme is like finding your value. You know, and I can see that just over the past several years of your life, you know, from having what you felt at being completely stripped away, your value completely stripped away, and then being able to to build that and find out that if you didn't have it stripped away, you wouldn't have even known your value to begin with. You know, that's just fantastic. I don't know. It's just how I feel today. There you go. (laughs) Well, thank you. I do appreciate it. And it's, um, I've been working on my own marketing and branding and things like that. And, um, like I said, I have those people that I go to and, and I've been hearing some similar themes come back. So, so it's another, (laughs) okay, I'm getting it. It's it's getting in there. (laughs) That's awesome. Really cool. So we got your website. You have a podcast that started back up. Where can everyone find your podcast? It's absolutemarketingpodcast.com. Sweet. Oh, it's the same thing. Okay, cool. So rock on. Well, cool. Elizabeth, thank you for being on today. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I don't think we chase squirrels either. That's good. What? I don't think we chase too many squirrels either. (laughs) Well, we chase the ones that were necessary. Yes. Awesome. Cool. (laughs) Well, thanks again. And everyone go follow Elizabeth and go to her website because it's just amazing. She's wonderful. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message. I'm from Ohio originally, so Midwest is kind of my thing. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good things in the Midwest. Allergies is not one of them. No, that's not a good thing in the Midwest. (laughs) That's fun. I'm excited. For today, let's uh, let's rock this. What do you say? Can can your uh, your last name is Pampalone? Is that how you pronounce it? Pampalone, yeah. Pampalone, Mm -hmm. Pampalone. Oh, so I should say it like I'm from Chicago, Pampalone. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you want to say like you're from New York, it's Pampalone. So. Pampalone. Hey, you know I like the pizza. I like Chicago pizza better than New York, though. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. That's cool. So what's uh, you know what? Can we just dive right in? Is that cool? Because I don't have like. 
two personas. I'm just me all the time. Because uh, uh, the conversation just needs to happen. And I always steal some thunder during the pre-show because I just like talking to people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>